You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 160. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield. And if you are a regular listener of this podcast, then you already know that I tend to share the good, bad, and ugly of building an online business. And I got to be honest, sharing the good stuff is easy. When I do a million dollar online marketing launch, or I have a really cool Facebook ad strategy that's working, or I have an awesome list building or webinar secret that I've been using in my business and I get to share with you. Well, that's always a good day, but I also need to be real and honest and gritty with you about the mistakes I make along the way. I don't mean the mistakes I made in my first or second year of building the business. I mean the mistakes I make all along the way. And I made a really big mistake over the last year that I want to share with you. It involved building my brand new website. So let's start with the good news. The good news is I have a brand new website. I've rebranded myself. It's absolutely beautiful. The navigation is fantastic. It's streamlined. It converts well. I've gotten so much great feedback. The website is stellar. So I couldn't be more pleased with the end result. However, the road to get there was really, really messy. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the fact that getting this new website redesign up and running took about a year. And I'm going to guess it could have took about four to six months max if we did it right. Probably four months if I'm being really, really honest. So why did it take a year? Well, I'm going to walk you through five of the biggest mistakes I made over the last year redesigning this website. And I think that some of these mistakes you're going to be intimately connected to. You're going to totally get it, understand why I made this mistake. But the most important part is that you can skip these mistakes when you redesign your website. You can totally pass them all up knowing that they're there, but you know how to navigate around them. So it's not going to be part of your story as it is part of mine. So that's my goal. But before we actually get into all of that, I do want to share with you the process we went through. We could have definitely tightened it up, but we definitely did take the right steps to get the site redesigned. So I want to share with you the process. And then I want to share with you the mistakes as to why that process took way too long. So I've got a lot of stuff to cover. So in a nutshell, today I thought I would share some of the adventures and misadventures of putting the new website together, why we made some of the decisions we made, where we got tripped up and why, and what you really need when you're putting together your own website. I went back and I interviewed the key players, Jessica Ray, my graphic designer, and my business partner, Devin Duncan, who was part of the strategy that I'm going to share with you. So this is going to be an awesome episode. As always, I want to make it completely actionable for you. So I've put together a freebie called the 10 essential elements for your website, and it will help you decide what's a must, like what are the elements you have to focus on when creating your website and what can you skip and leave behind because it will just be a huge waste of time. These 10 essential elements are going to be incredibly valuable, but maybe not to you right this second. Maybe you're not working on a web design right now. So what I want you to do so you do not forget is download this PDF, save it on your computer, and you can always go back to it. But if you don't get it now, you'll never remember. If you're anything like me, you will never remember to get it. So make sure to grab it right now, amyporterfield.com forward slash 160 download amyporterfield.com forward slash 160 download, or you can just text the phrase 160 download to the number 33444. So either way, you can grab it right away. We spent a lot of time on these elements. They're battle tested because believe me, I've been in the trenches with these elements. I think you're going to find them incredibly valuable. Okay. So let me take you behind the scenes 
of my website redesign so you get a picture of the process we went through and how you can zip through this process next time and not take a full year to do it because of all the missteps that I experienced. Let's get to it. If you listen to me on a regular basis, you already know that I like to start with the why. So the first question, why update my website? Now, before I answer that question, I want to say this. I've always said that I don't think you need a super fancy website with a lot of bells and whistles. I've had a pretty mediocre website for years now, and I've been able to build a multi-million dollar business and have a top rated podcast with a mediocre website. Now, that doesn't mean you need to have a mediocre website. I'd love for you to have a beautifully designed stellar website that converts for you. Still, I don't think that includes a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of time, or a lot of money to create. Now, remember I said that this website redesign took us about a year? Well, a lot of the times we were in a holding pattern. Nothing was happening. That was due to my poor leadership in this process, which we'll talk about in my mistakes. Can't wait to get there. However, what I will say is that the reason why I wanted to redesign my website is because it just was no longer a good representation of my brand. Now, when I think of branding, I think of who I am as a person in my business, what I represent, who I want to be and what I want to offer to my students, and also where I'm going in my business. And my current website represented none of that. Now, I have a good friend that recently remodeled her kitchen, and two months before she actually went into the remodel, maybe it was a month, a month before she went into the remodel, I went over to her house, and her kitchen was a disaster. And this chick was not a disaster. My girlfriend really had things together, but she actually had a section of her kitchen where her kids, she has toddlers, her kids took a crayon and got to draw all over the wall. And she had chips in the tile of her countertops that she no longer even cared about covering. And her kitchen table was a disaster. And I said, what is going on in this kitchen? And she said, oh, we're totally tearing it all out in a month. So I don't care anymore. And I thought about that and kind of laughed like, okay, I get it. And I think that's what I did to my website. A couple months before we actually went in for the full remodel, I realized things were falling apart and I wasn't really even doing anything about them because I knew we were going into the remodel. So for months, I didn't even have a feature box or a header across my website. The pictures were so old, it was ridiculous. And I didn't have anything to represent some of my main courses that I now have. So it was falling apart quickly near the end. So I'm so glad we finally got it up and running. Now, the weird thing is, is that I've actually put a lot of time in branding my signature courses. So courses that convert, webinars that convert, and List Builders Lab are all beautifully branded. So when you go into those courses and then you look at my website, you think something's amiss here. And it really was. So it was time for an overhaul. I probably should have done this a year ago, but here's what I want to say about that. I chose, because as entrepreneurs, we get to choose what we focus on in our business. I chose to focus on creating these three core programs to create my product suite. I chose to work on my podcast and delivering impeccable content every single week. At least I hope that's how you feel about it. And I chose to focus on the areas of my business that would create a really solid foundation in making an impact and generating recurring revenue. So that's where I put my focus. And at the time, I just wasn't interested in updating my website. And then finally, I realized, okay, I can't wait any longer. It's time. So that's why I chose to update my website. It was not a reflection of my brand, who I am, who I serve, and where I'm going. So that's the why. Okay, so let's transition into the process we went through to design my website. Now, the process is really solid, and I want to give you a glimpse behind the scenes of what this process looked like, but just know that this process could probably take four months versus the whole year it took with us because there were so many stops and starts. Again, we'll get into that in the mistakes I made, but I just want you to know I really do believe the process was solid. It was the leadership, me, who screwed it up. Okay. So the first thing we did is we got on the phone with Jess, my designer, 
and we did a discovery session. And here's some of the questions she asked us. What's the goal of the website? What does it need to do? Another question, where do you want to lead your customers? Once they come to the website, then what? Where do you want to lead them? Also, how do we make it easy for people to lead them down a path and get the most value? So the navigation and the journey was really important and it was part of the discovery session conversation. And most important, how do we convert our traffic on our website? So what are we doing to get them on my email list and then eventually get them into my programs? So these were some of the initial questions that Jessica asked us and we had to think about it. Now, I had a few people on my team think through these questions, but I wish I included more people. And I guess I keep teasing that I'm going to talk about all these mistakes, but I just want to mention them here that I think it's really good to get the bulk of your team involved in these questions, at least get their feedback and then bring it to the table because everybody on your team works with your audience differently. So Kate, my assistant works in customer support. She works with people in a very different capacity than let's say Lindsay, who's my community manager inside of my Facebook groups. Both of them would bring great value to the table in answering these questions. And both of them have a different perspective. So from there, once we did the discovery session and answered these really important questions, we looked at the data. So we looked at Google Analytics to see what's performing on the website and what's not working. So for example, Jess kind of dug into the Google Analytics with us and she found this great blog post from three years ago that was getting tons of traffic, but there was no opt-in associated with it. So I got tons of people to come to this one article, read all about it, but I had failed to put any kind of freebie or opt-in inside the blog post or on the feature box above the blog post or whatever to get leads into my funnel and then tag them so that I know they're interested in this particular topic. So there were definitely some misses that were going on on a daily basis that Google Analytics made it very clear to us what was working and what wasn't working. So from there, after looking at the Google Analytics, we started to talk about page strategy and post strategy. So what were the main pages that we were going to have on the site And then what were we going to include in specific posts? So with that, we decided that we were going to keep it really, really clean. So if you go to my website, you'll notice that across the navigation, you've got the homepage and then the podcast page and then about Amy, learn with Amy and tools of the trade. So that's the navigation across the top. And we decided on that during some of these initial calls with Jess. So I thought I would take a minute just to talk to you about why I chose those pages and why I didn't include more. So first of all, of course, you've got the homepage. Now, what I did differently that I've never done before is on the homepage, I actually first have three different opt-ins across the top. There's an opt-in for a cheat sheet about list building, another cheat sheet about online courses, and another cheat sheet about creating a webinar topic before you dive into your webinar strategy. Obviously, I've got a product suite that addresses each of these topics. So I wanted people to tell me where they want to start inside of my funnels. So I have three funnels that go along with each of the cheat sheets. Make sense? So that was different in the sense of I typically tell people just have one freebie across the top. I didn't do it that way because we're experimenting with this idea that my audience is in one of three places. They either want to focus on building a list, creating a course, or promoting their courses with webinars. And usually if someone's in the list building phase, they're just starting out. So I've got a lot of content for them. And of course, I have a lot of content for course creation and webinars. So people get to self-select where they're at by choosing one of the freebies. Yes, you can choose more than one freebie, but most people just start out with one. So each of those freebies are tied to a specific funnel. And eventually, once you're in those funnels, you will be invited to one of my automated webinars. And on the webinar, of course, I sell my programs. So it doesn't happen instantly, but as you are 
in my funnel, getting my free content, getting to know me and what I teach, you eventually will get invited to one of the webinars. So that brings me to a question I often get. Well, two questions. One, someone will say, Amy, I want to sign up for your webinar right now. Where do I go? Second question, Amy, I want to buy one of your programs right now. Where do I go? Now, these are questions I get, but I guess I should say I don't get them that often. And I don't put too much weight to them because we have done this long enough to know that if we warm up our audience with some free, valuable content, very specific content first, they're more likely to pay attention on the webinar and buy versus just sending them directly to a webinar. Now, we do both, but on my website, I want to take a little time to get to know you, to ease into this relationship with you. That's why we start with the freebie cheat sheet and then actually even send you a little bit more content along the way and then eventually invite you to one of the webinars. So we actually don't, from my website, get you right into a webinar. We do run a lot of Facebook ads to a colder audience where we invite them directly to the webinar. So every day people are signing up for my webinars, but not necessarily directly from my website. Now that might change down the road, but we're experimenting and we really like what we're seeing so far. Another thing is I never sell my courses directly from my website. It just doesn't work for me. Just sending somebody cold to a really long sales page all about one of my courses just doesn't convert. And maybe it might convert one or two people, but if I slow down and I build out a more sophisticated funnel with more free, valuable, strategic content, then I'm going to increase my conversions when people finally do get to my sales page. So I'm in it for the long haul, and I want to make sure that I'm not all about buy my stuff, buy my stuff. I want to first make sure that you are ready to list build, or you're ready to create a course, or you're ready to implement a webinar strategy. So that's why I decided to slow things down a little bit. And you just need to experiment. I know you're always thinking, I hope you're always thinking, okay, how can I apply what Amy's teaching right now to my own stuff? Well, maybe you feel that if I get people to the sales page, Amy, I convert at a pretty high rate. I don't need to woo them a little bit. And if that's the case, by all means, experiment with that. You got to do what works best for you. But I like to teach you what I'm doing in my business so you can at least try it on for size and see if that's something you want to do. Now, back to the homepage of my website, I then have a small section about my about story. And we rewrote that because it was so old on my website. And we have some opt-ins on my about story to the cheat sheet because one thing I learned way back when from Derek Helpern is your about page is one of the most visited pages on your website. And you always want a chance for people to opt into some kind of freebie on the about page. So we did that. I think we're going to make it even better down the road, but there are some links to some freebies. And then from there, we talk about my podcast. Now, the podcast became a really big central theme on my new website because that is my weekly content. So whether you have a blog, a podcast, or a video show, I think that your website should really reflect that, drive a lot of traffic to whatever it is you're doing on a weekly basis. So I don't have the word blog in the navigation. I have podcast because I don't blog. I just have podcast show notes. And then of course it links to the audio. So the podcast is a central theme on this new website and you could get to it from the homepage. Scrolling down a little bit more, one more thing I added to the homepage and you'll find this throughout are these things called collections. So collections, I've seen them on many people's websites, so it wasn't my idea. However, I love this idea of pulling together my content in different categories. So basically what we did is we said, pick a collection below to get actionable momentum building advice perfectly paired with your current stage of business growth. So in my world, I look at your business growth as where you are between my three categories, just getting started with building your platform and building your list, creating courses, or getting into scaling the business with webinars to sell what it is that you have created. So we created three collections, one about list building, one about course creation, one about webinars. So you'll see a link to these collections throughout my website in a few different places. Now, if you click on one, 
it will take you to a page that's not part of the navigation with tons of podcast episodes around that topic. So I love this because if you really want to focus on one thing that I can teach you, then you can drill down into course creation with a bunch of different podcast episodes and a few different blog posts that I created. Same with list building, same with webinars. So that's what you'll find on the homepage. At the very bottom, you'll find my collections. And from there, back to the navigation, you can click on podcast and you can subscribe to my podcast. You can subscribe to an email service where every time I have a new podcast, I'm going to email you. And then I showcase my podcast episodes. And again, you'll see the collections there. And for the first time, we actually added a search box. We didn't do this in the beginning because we didn't have tons of content. But now that we have a lot of content, you can search my site for different topics. So we spent a lot of time, (laughs) shout out to Lindsay and Chloe and Kate about this, putting new categories to each of my podcast episodes. So there is a search function now on my website. And then you've got the about Amy. So I already talked about that going across the navigation. Then you have learn with Amy and learn with Amy is just a simple page with my three freebies. Now down the road, I'm going to update these freebies. And instead of being just cheat sheets, I'm going to make them guides a little bit more robust just to experiment with the amount of content I want to give away in my freebies. But right now they're working really well. So we're going to keep as is. And then the final thing I wanted to talk about across the navigation, because I promised you a behind the scenes look at this new website, we created something called tools of the trade. And what we did is we broke up this whole conversation around what tools and software do you need? We broke that up into three different categories. Stage one, I'm new to the online marketing game. Stage two, I'm starting to see some momentum and stage three, I'm ready to scale fast. And again, those three stages relate to list building, course creation, and scaling your business with webinars. And I feature some of my favorite tools like lead pages and drip and Samcart. And basically, depending on what stage you're in, you can look at the tools that I recommend. And the cool thing is you can also get a PDF download of all of these tools. If you go to tools of the trade and scroll all the way down, there's a download of the list for all three stages. So you can get a PDF as well. And that's pretty much it. I mean, of course, I've got a few more pages that are not in the navigation bar, like the contact page and the speaking and press stage and the privacy and terms and all that stuff, stuff that you don't even think about when you're creating a website but it comes up. So we'll talk about that in the mistakes I made, not knowing what I didn't know kind of issue, but that's basically my website. And again, really simple, but really streamlined. I love the easy navigation. So I just wanted to walk you through that really quickly. I guess that wasn't so quick, but I promised to take you behind the scenes and there you have it. So now I want to talk a little bit about mapping it all out. Because now that I told you kind of what was included, I want to talk about that process. There was a lot of add this, no, take this out, add that. No, that doesn't make sense. So the whole process of mapping it out, once we figured out what we wanted for the site, we sat down and we created a blueprint of all these pages. And I will tell you that things changed a lot. And I think that's okay. When you're in that brainstorming phase and mapping it out and putting it all together, things should change around a lot because you're making some big decisions. This is where I want you to get the insight and feedback from your designer and from your programmer and from those on your team that know your audience well. So when you start to map things out, and really figure out how you want the navigation to look and what you want to include on each of these pages, really make sure you spend some time with this. And I say spend some concentrated time. We came back to this over and over again. We came back to it way too many times. We didn't make any final decisions like we should have. So it lingered. It was in that stupid holding pattern forever. And I don't think we got the right people involved at the right time. So that's why it stretched out as well. But what I wish I did is I wish I sat down for two or three days, mapped this out and not just mapping out navigation, but then really making an outline as to what's going to be included on each of these pages. So you want everyone's buy-in 
you are the leader. So ultimately your decision matters most, but you want everybody to say, yes, this makes sense. These are the pages I'm going to have. This is what I'm going to include on each of these pages. And then once you feel good about that, I think things can fall into place really quickly. The mapping out is where I really got off course and it dragged on way too long. Now, once you make those decisions and you feel good about them, that's when I say bring in a copywriter if you're going to work with a copywriter and make sure that you have a good programmer, someone that can code this site for you. I love when the designer and the programmer talk to each other and they're on the same page. So that's important as well. So you want to make sure you have the right players on the team. For me, I had a copywriter, I had a designer and a programmer. So those were like the three main players and then somebody on your team to drive this project forward. That's important as well. And that's another mistake I made. I really didn't treat it like a project. So I feel like I didn't really assign it well to somebody to say, look, this is all yours. This is your baby. Make it happen. So I was a little bit casual about that one and it came back to bite me. So totally my fault. I'm giving you all my mistakes before I even get to that section, but I like to relate them back to the phase that I'm in when I'm talking about it. So I can't help myself. Okay. So I've oversimplified the process of the planning and mapping it out, but my outcome is not to go through every single step of revamping your website as much as give you a snapshot of our process. I want you just to have a good understanding of what it looked like for us, because before you dive into revamping your own website, I just want you to have the big picture. And so that's what I've just shared with you here. Now I want to transition into talking about the five big mistakes that I made as we planned, mapped out, and built my website redesign. Now I need to say this next thing because it's totally true, although I'm embarrassed to say it, but I take full responsibility for these mistakes. They were all tied to poor leadership. So I've got to own that. And I can't blame anybody else for these mistakes. So I just wanted to put it out there. And I want to give a shout out to my graphic designer, Jessica Ray, who I've talked about in the show already, but she was a trooper. Like she probably should have fired me as a client. And I think because we've had so much history of doing great things together, she held on, but I'm sure I was a nightmare. I've already sent her flowers. I've already apologized. She was so great about the whole thing. But I know this wasn't an easy process for her, no matter how much she tried to get us back on track. So Jess, I just want to give you a shout out. I love you dearly. Thanks for sticking with me throughout this process. And we did get to something pretty spectacular, which I knew you'd get us there. Okay. So the first big mistake, I thought I did not need to be a core participant in my own website relaunch. Now, why? Why would I think I didn't need to be a core participant? I don't know. I guess I just thought that this whole thing would magically get done if I gave a little input in the beginning and then my team could run with it. And I've talked about my team before. You guys know that they are pretty spectacular. However, this is my own personal brand. It's my messaging. It's my core mission. It's everything I'm all about is in this website. And so I don't know why I thought that I could step away from it because what happened was after we did that initial discovery call, which I was on, then they ran with it the best they could. And then I got back involved and I was the type of person, this is a nightmare, right? Like I said, well, what about this? And what about that? And did you think about this? And they're probably thinking my team and Jessica and everybody else, where were you months ago when we were trying to figure all that out? I was working on some other project at the time thinking I didn't need to be a core focus here. And so taking myself out of it was a really bad idea. I wish going back that as the leader of this team, and because this is my own personal brand, I wish that I was having bi-weekly meetings and getting into the trenches and really being a huge part of how this all was going to shape up. And I didn't do that. So that was my first big mistake. Mistake number two, I did not create a project plan for my website redesign. And this one I think is really valuable for all of you because some of you listening to mistake number one, you might be thinking, 
I wouldn't take myself out of it. I don't even have a big team. I would be really intimately involved. Good for you. But this second one, this might touch home with you a little bit more in the sense that I should have put this entire thing inside of Asana. Asana is the project management tool that my team uses. And for every single launch we've ever done since we've been using Asana, it's always in there. So for years now, we put everything in there and that's where we assign due dates. We assign who the task is for. We give information so everybody's on the same page. I mean, it's all in Asana. And I think the common mistake that I made and you could easily make, that's why I wanted to share this one with you, is that the website redesign was not directly tied to revenue. And so it's easy to think, oh, I'm doing a launch. I have a goal of $100,000 for this launch. So I got to reach that goal. So this is serious. I need to create a project plan. I need to make sure we hit every action item because I got to make some money. Well, when you do a website relaunch or redesign, that's not the same mindset that you have. Of course, the website can lead to revenue, but not nearly in the same way as let's say an online marketing launch. So I guess that's why I didn't look at this like a legitimate project that needed a project plan inside of Asana. But here's what I know for sure. I know in my bones that if we had created a well-planned out project plan with specific phases of the website relaunch process, we would have hit this out of the park. That I feel strongly about because my team can get behind a project plan. They don't do so well when the leader is literally absent for most of this, like what team would, right? Now, speaking of a project plan, if you're thinking about putting this together as such, I think I would create categories, just the planning phase, the mapping out phase, and the implementation phase, like something simple like that. You could do this in three phases. And then from there, you might have some subcategories like thinking about branding and photography and copywriting and list building, programming and coding, just to name a few things that you want to think about inside of those main categories. But holy cow, if I could go back, I would have definitely sat down and just took one day to plan out this whole thing. Because what I could have done is I could have said, okay, Jessica And my programmer, Mike, I could have said, let's look at this. Am I missing anything? This is the entire project plan. What am I missing here? But because I never did that, they didn't know that there were just some things I didn't know about. I didn't even know what to look for. I'm going to share those with you in a moment. So you now know, but you know that phrase, you don't know what you don't know. Well, that was one of my huge challenges. So we'll get to that one in a moment. But before we get to that, my third mistake is I did not include the team in the planning phase. So remember I said we did that discovery session with Jess? Well, I didn't include my whole team. I didn't ask Kate about customer service and Lindsay about community management. And I didn't get Chloe, my project manager involved because at the time she was working on a whole other project. So she wasn't even part of this planning phase. And also, here's something really bad. I didn't get my business partner involved. Now, the way I work with my business partner, Devin, is he is high-level strategy, and he's really behind the scenes knowing what's going on in the trenches in terms of strategy, funnel, campaigns, big picture like that. So he does not work on any of the content. And for some reason, I think I looked at this website redesign as a lot of content. We were talking about the content on the about page and the podcast page and the homepage, and it was just content heavy. So in my mind, I kind of just took him out of the planning phase and he didn't say anything about it. And he knew we were working on the website, so it wasn't an issue. But what happened was that once we got deep into the mapping and we thought that we were done with the mapping phase, I just ran it by Devin. And he's like, Amy, but what about this? And what about that? And that's not how we want people to come into the funnels. And did you think of this? And that's why I love having Devin on my team because he's always getting me to think about things in different ways. Why the heck did I leave him out for so long? I have no idea. Again, because I wasn't really integrating myself into this project as a whole. So I just wasn't thinking right. So it all goes back to that first 
mistake I made in the sense of I thought that I could just dabble in it in the beginning and let my team run with it. And I just think that was a bad idea. I needed to stay closer to this project because it was so intimately tied to my messaging, my brand, who I am. So that's, I think, what's unique about putting together a brand new website. You're very close to it because it's all about you and what you do and what you offer. So that was the third mistake, not getting my team more involved. Number four, in the beginning, I bit off way too much. So the original plan was for me to create a bunch of content for the site. But then I realized I was totally overcomplicating things. So the good news is I caught this one pretty early. So as we were in the planning phase and they began to map it out, I realized I didn't want to create tons of new content for the site. I really wanted to keep it simpler. But I think it's normal for us to think, well, what else can we do? What about this? What about that? I mean, I usually stay away from a lot of the bells and whistles features of just about anything in online marketing. I usually keep it simple, but I have my moments when someone's designing something for me and I say, well, what about that? I love this idea. Can we do that? And then I realized, oh my gosh, that is a lot of content and nobody's going to read it. So I had to scale back pretty early on. So that was a mistake I think I caught fairly early, but still it could have went really bad. And number five, and this one is so important for you to hear. I had no idea how much work needed to be done on the back end of my website before we actually launched the new one. And this is one of those things I didn't know what I didn't know, but if I had put it together in a project plan and I had my designer and my programmer look over the project plan because it's the project plan is specific to my business. Jess can't create my project plan. My programmer can't create it. I know my business well. I know what I want to do with this website. I know everything that's involved with my business. So I needed to map it out and then they would have seen the holes. But because I never did that, they didn't know I had holes. And here's where I had two really big holes. And if you've been in business for a little while, you are going to have these same issues if you're not careful. The number one thing is that I had a lot of existing content that we needed to move over to this brand new site. And by existing content, I mean, I had at that time about 150 podcast episodes, plus a few different blog posts that were just standalone blog posts that had to get reworked. And by reworked, I mean that we had a new layout for the content. We had to get 150 new images to represent each of the podcast episodes because the old images we're using had nothing to do with the new branding. So I had to get rid of all of those old title images for the podcast episodes and come up with a new look. That's 150 images we had to source. And then from there, each episode had to be reworked in terms of the layout of the content. And then many of my episodes included freebies. So that meant we had to redesign the lead box. We had to redesign the pop-up box that appears about a minute after being on my site. And we had to redesign the download pages. So if you go to my show notes and you click one of the big yellow boxes, a pop-up box will appear. That's a lead box and you can get my freebie. However, if you go to, in this case, amyporterfield.com forward slash 160 download, it takes you to a lead page that's a standalone. So I've got two different places where you can get the freebie directly from my show notes as a lead box, or if you just type it into the browser, you can go right to the page. You don't have to go to the show notes and you can get right to the download. So I have a few different things going on. All of that had to be redesigned. Now, of course, we were smart and we did just one simple redesign for all freebies. So we had one template for the lead page and one template for the lead box. And so because of that, we made it easy by sticking just to one template for each, but each episode had to be updated manually. Now, some of you that are a little bit more sophisticated with programming and code might say, No, 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 that's not the case. You didn't need to do it that way. You could have set this up to do all the episodes at once. That wasn't the case for our website, just because of some old coding we had to work with. So I wish it was that easy. We looked into that, but it wasn't. 
So we had to do episode by episode and it took a long time, but this is something that we didn't even plan for. And so when we were ready to go live, we realized, holy cow, we have weeks more of work to do. And so I just didn't plan for it. I just didn't think of this stuff. So I wanted to share it with you here. Now, to piggyback on that, we had a lot of existing content we were going to use, but we also had a lot of old content that I never want to see for the rest of my life. So this was kind of funny. For those of you who have been in business for a while, or when you get to this place, you'll have the same experience where I went back and looked at some of my first blog posts that I did. Oh my goodness. I wanted to cringe. And believe me, the images I used, oh my gosh, I used the most ridiculous images that I'm embarrassed were on my site up until a few weeks ago. There was one where it was like a slab of meat hanging from a hook. I don't even remember what that related to, but it was disgusting. And I thought, what was I thinking? And many of them were homemade. And my homemade is terrible because I'm not very creative. So the images I used in old blog posts, plus the fact that I taught Facebook. So, so much of that stuff was outdated. You could never, ever use it. Like four years ago, Facebook content. I mean, give me a break, right? You can't use any of that anymore. So I had to go back and spend some time figuring out what am I deleting? What needs to totally go away? This is another thing I didn't think about until the last minute when we wanted to launch and I realized, wait a second, what's all this gobbledygook in the back that I don't want anything to do with anymore? But I didn't speak up. I wasn't intimately involved. And so these things just weren't on my radar. So again, I go through these five mistakes and really they just start with the first one. If I was more intimately involved from the get-go, I would have thought earlier on, wait a second, I've got all this content. How are we going to make it as easy as possible to update all these things like images, lead boxes, lead pages, all that good stuff? And then in addition to that, I would have started to think about that old content a whole lot sooner. So all of that felt very last minute, which delayed things a lot. So those are my five mistakes, but what I'll say is just overall, if I were to add a sixth one, I'd say that I wasn't involved enough. So people were waiting for stuff, just waited forever for stuff back from us. I'm sure our programmer felt the same way. Anybody else involved, they were likely waiting for me. And that's usually not my style. And so that gets me to this final thing I'll share with you. And I do believe like if I sat in therapy, they need to have some online marketing therapists out there. If I sat in therapy and thought about why didn't I get involved and why wasn't I more integrated in this entire thing, I think I was a little bit nervous to put myself out there in a new way. I don't love to take a bunch of photos of myself and plaster them all over a website. There was a point that I said, Jess, my face is on too many of these pages. We need to scale that back just a little bit. So it's nerve wracking. Even after all the success that I've had, it was nerve wracking to put myself out there in this new way. And so I think there was a little bit of hesitancy that worked itself way into these big mistakes that I was just nervous to rebrand myself. And I never even thought that was an issue till I sat down and prepared this episode for all of you. And if I'm going to be really vulnerable, I really do think there was something there. So it creeps up sometimes for me. I feel really confident in my business. I feel confident in what I teach all of you. My revenue shows that I'm successful, the impact I make with other people and the feedback I get from you. I feel like things are going really well. But then once in a while, that that little darkness comes into my mind like, yeah, but are you really that good? Do you really got what it takes? And then putting my picture all over my website and putting out a new brand, it's kind of like saying, look at me world. So yeah, I think that there was a little bit of an issue with that. So I just wanted to share that with you. If you guys have ever experienced something like that, you, my friend are not alone. I'm right there with you. So what does all of this mean for you? Well, first off, I just want to make sure that you're not asking the question, do I really need a website, Amy? Because yes, yes, you do. 
In this day and age, you definitely need a website. I call this your central hub. You never, ever want to rely on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube as your central hub. They can change dramatically today or over the next year, and you are going to lose your momentum. So do not bank on anything that is not yours. So 100%, I think you need a website. But as I said earlier, I don't think you need a super fancy website. Mine's not super fancy, doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles, but it definitely represents me well. It's easy to navigate and it's streamlined. And I think that that is important for all of us. Now, I thought to give you a little bit more, I want to just add a little bit more to make this really actionable for you. If you're thinking, okay, so what are the main elements? Like, where do I really need to focus If I asked Jess this, I know that she would say four things. Number one, you got to make sure that you have great copy on your website, whether you write it yourself or you hire a copywriter. I was lucky enough to use my copywriter. Rye Rye did a lot of that copy for us on our website, and I'm so thankful to have him. But back in the day, if I was just starting out, I would have written it all myself because I couldn't afford Rye. So you can do it yourself, but You do need to put a focus on copy. Number two, photography. And I mean this in two ways. One, you got to get some professional photos of you done. And I hate every minute of photo shoots, but I do think it's incredibly important. And number two, you've got to think about the other photos. We call them flat lays in our business. Those photos where it might be some different pieces that really represent me. So in my new brand, I've got that vintage yellow typewriter that's actually in my office. So it's something that I look at every single day, but we use that typewriter and we use some journals and pencils and different things that just are a real great representation of me and my personality. And so you definitely need some photography around some of those important elements because they're part of your brand. So great copy great photography. And also you need to have a designer. I don't think you would want to do any of this yourself unless you're a skilled designer, but Jess was our saving grace throughout this entire thing. So it was really nice to work with somebody who has done many, many websites from scratch and many redesigns like she did for us. And so having a designer was huge for us. And Jess's philosophy is less is more. You want it to be clean, not cluttered. And I think she did a really good job with our website in that respect. And then number four, you need to make sure that you focus on a way for people to take the next step with you. So sometimes people use their website like a library, chuck full of content. Then they forget that they need ways for people to join their email list and in some cases buy from them or contact them. So you need to make sure that you are clear on the next step. And that's the reason why I spent some time sharing with you what I wanted my website traffic or my website visitors, what I wanted their next step to be. And that is to opt in to one of three things, a cheat sheet about list building or course creation or webinars. So I was very clear about the next step. So we focused a lot in the beginning on that strategy because it wasn't easy to get to. We went back and forth around how we wanted to do that. And then we finally solidified it. Probably took too long, but again, you're not going to do that. Okay. Now, the other question you might be asking yourself is, is it time for a refresh? So we already talked about the fact that, yes, you need a website. And two, I shared with you some of the elements that Jess says really need to be on the forefront of your mind, copy, photography, design, and the next step for your website traffic. But I also want to talk to you about knowing if it's time for a refresh. Now, obviously, if you don't have a website, yes, it's time to create one. But a lot of you might be thinking about refreshing things. So here's my question for you. Is your website working for you? Is it doing what you want it to do? And if the answer is no, then it's likely time for a rework. Also, are you in a different stage of business or maybe offering something different? That's really where it hit home for me because 
the website that I used to have really reflected me two or three years ago. And since then, I've created an entire product suite. All my products are brand new over the last two years. And I also have positioned myself differently in the market. I used to be all about Facebook and now I'm not at all really, except for Facebook ads and Facebook live, which I talk about a lot. I know, but basically I really did a pivot in terms of where I was focusing in my business. My website did not reflect that. So that's when I knew it was time for me to rework my entire website. So if your answer to that question, are you in a different stage of your business or offering different things? If your answers are yes, then yeah, it's time to rework or redesign your website. So there you have it. As I said at the very beginning, I love to share with you the good, bad, and ugly. Now, let's be honest. I like to share the good way more than the bad, but you never can trust an educator or a trainer if they don't talk about the stuff that didn't work and how to navigate through some of the obstacles and challenges that you will inevitably face as you grow your online business. So my promise to you is always to share the good with the bad and make sure that you really understand what it looks like inside of my business so that when you get there, or maybe you're there right now, you understand where the obstacles are and how to jump right over them if at all possible. So thank you so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to be with you again next week where we are actually talking to my husband, Hobie. So this is going to be a crazy episode, something totally different than I've ever done. But next week, I interview Hobie and talk to him about what it's been like to be married to somebody growing a business online. Hobie was with me before I even started this, and he has a lot to share in terms of how somebody can support an entrepreneur and how an entrepreneur can actually be sensitive to the needs of their partner or their spouse. And we've had some rocky roads in the beginning, especially that Hobie's going to share with you. He's even going to talk about what it's like to have a wife that makes more money than him. Kind of a sensitive topic, right? We're going to get into all of this stuff in the next episode because in my world, the personal is business and the business is personal. And that's just how I live my life. And so Hobie is very much a part of this business, even if he's not making the decisions with me. And I want to share this with you in hopes that you can enrich some of the relationships that you have and you can protect the ones that are most sacred to you as you grow your online business. So I can't wait to share that with you in episode number 161 next week. You can meet my hunky husband, Hobie, and we'll talk about all the trials and tribulations of growing an online business and protecting the relationships as you do it. All right. I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so very much for being here. And before I forget, grab that download, amyporterfield.com forward slash one six zero download. It's the 10 elements that you definitely want to focus on when you redesign or build your website. All right. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.